O Lord, open thou my lips, and my mouth shall show forth thy praise. Make haste, O God, to deliver me. Make haste to help me, O Lord. Glory be to the Father, and to the Son, and to the Holy Spirit, as it was in the beginning, is now, and ever shall be, world without end. Amen. Alleluia. The Lord, the King of the Apostles. O come, let us worship him. O come, let us sing unto the Lord. Let us make a joyful noise to the rock of our salvation. Let us come before his presence with thanksgiving, and make a joyful noise unto him with psalms. For the Lord is a great God, and a great King above all gods. In his hand are the deep places of the earth, the strength of the hills is his also. It is his, and he made it, and his hands formed the dry land. Oh, come, let us worship and bow down, let us kneel before the Lord our Maker. For He is our God, and we are the people of His pasture and the sheep of His hand. Glory be to the Father and to the Son and to the Holy Ghost. As it was in the beginning, Never shall be world without end. Amen. The Lord, the King of the Apostles, O come, let us worship him. How precious also are thy thoughts unto me, O God! How great is the sum of them! O Lord, thou hast searched me and known me. Thou knowest my down-sitting and mine uprising. Glory be to the Father, and to the Son, and to the Holy Ghost, as it was in the beginning, is now, and ever shall be, world without end. Amen. How precious also are thy thoughts unto me, O God! How great is the sum of them!
The Old Testament for the Feast of St. Barnabas is written in the 42nd chapter of the book of the prophet Isaiah, beginning at the 5th verse. God the Lord, He who created the heavens and stretched them out, He who spread out the earth and that which comes out of it, He who gives breath to its people and spirit to those who walk in it, says, I the Lord have called you in righteousness. I will hold your hand. I will keep you and make you a covenant for the people as a light for the nations, to open the blind eyes, to bring the prisoners out of the dungeon and those who sit in darkness out of the prison. I am the Lord. That is my name. I will not give my glory to another, nor my praise to engraved images. Behold, the former things have happened, and I declare new things. I tell you about them before they come up. Sing to the Lord a new song, and his praise from the end of the earth, you who go down to the sea, and all that is therein, the islands and their inhabitants. Let the wilderness and its cities raise their voices, with the villages that Kedar inhabits. Let the inhabitants of Selah sing, let them shout from the top of the mountains. Let them give glory to the Lord and declare his praise in the islands. O Lord, have mercy upon us. Thanks be to God. The epistle is written in the 11th and 13th chapters of the Acts of the Apostles, beginning at the 19th verse. They, therefore, who were scattered abroad by the oppression that arose about Stephen, traveled as far as Phoenicia, Cyprus, and Antioch, speaking the word to no one except to Jews only. But there were some of them, men of Cyprus and Cyrene, who, when they had come to Antioch, spoke to the Hellenists, preaching the Lord Jesus. The hand of the Lord was with them, and a great number believed and turned to the Lord. The report concerning them came to the ears of the assembly, which was in Jerusalem. They sent out Barnabas to go as far as Antioch, who, when he had come and had seen the grace of God, was glad. He exhorted them all that with purpose of heart they should remain near to the Lord. For he was a good man, and full of the Holy Spirit and of faith, and many people were added to the Lord. Barnabas went out to Tarsus to look for Saul. When he had found him, he brought him to Antioch. For a whole year they gathered together with the assembly, and taught the people. The disciples were first called Christians in Antioch. Now, in these days, Prophets came down from Jerusalem to Antioch. One of them, named Agabus, stood up and indicated by the Spirit that there should be a great famine all over the world, which also happened in the days of Claudius. As any of the disciples had plenty, each determined to send relief to the brothers who lived in Judea, which they also did, sending it to the elders by the hands of Barnabas and Saul. Now, in the assembly that was at Antioch, there were some prophets and teachers, Barnabas, Simeon, who was called Niger, Lucius of Cyrene, Manane, the foster brother of Herod the Tetrarch, and Saul. As they served the Lord and fasted, the Holy Spirit said, Separate Barnabas and Saul for me, for the work to which I have called them. Then, when they had fasted and prayed and laid their hands on them, they sent them away. O Lord, have mercy upon us. Thanks be to God. Their line has gone out through all the earth, and their words to the end of the world. The heavens declare the glory of God, and the firmament showeth his handiwork. 
Alleluia, alleluia, alleluia. Alleluia, I have chosen you and ordained you that ye should go and bring forth fruit, and that your fruit should remain. Alleluia. The Holy Gospel is according to St. Matthew, the 10th chapter. Jesus said to his apostles, Behold, I send you out as sheep among wolves. Therefore be wise as serpents and harmless as doves. But beware of men, for they will deliver you up to councils, and in their synagogues they will scourge you. Yes, and you will be brought forth before governors and kings for my sake, for a testimony to them and to the nations. But when they deliver you up, don't be anxious about how or what you will say, for it will be given you in that hour what you will say, for it is not you who speak, but the Spirit of your Father who speaks in you. Brother will deliver up brother to death, and the father his child. Children will rise up against parents and cause them to be put to death. You will be hated by all men for my name's sake, but he who endures to the end will be saved. Here ends the gospel. Praise be to thee, O Christ. When ye stand before kings and princes, take no thought how of what ye shall speak. For it shall be given you in that same hour what you shall speak. For it is not ye that speak, but the Spirit of your Father which speaketh in you. For it shall be given you in that same hour what you shall speak. Glory be to the Father, and to the Son, and to the Holy Ghost. For it shall be given you in that same hour what you shall speak. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. If you've grown up in the church or read through your scriptures, then you'd probably be familiar with the many people, places, and stories of the Bible. For instance, you've probably heard of Jesus during his ministry sending out the 70 to preach. Or you've heard of Saul, also known as Paul, going from being a Pharisee who wanted to kill the church to becoming an apostle who preached Christ crucified on many missionary journeys. You've probably heard of Antioch like we did this morning, that first Greek city where the Spirit brought many Gentiles to faith. And you've probably read the Gospel of Mark. You've probably read the book of Hebrews. But if you are familiar with all those Bible stories and those books of the Bible, do you remember the man who was involved in and behind all of them? I'm not talking about St. Peter or John or St. Paul. I'm speaking about a man named Joseph, also known as Barnabas. Now, in some of these stories, Barnabas is explicitly mentioned in the Scriptures, and others, church tradition holds he was there. For instance, when Jesus sent out the 70, church, tra church tradition holds that Barnabas was one of those 70. But the Scriptures themselves are silent on it. In fact, in Scripture, Barnabas is first mentioned by name right after Pentecost. After Peter preached his Pentecost sermon, after more than 3,000 souls were baptized, after Peter and John were arrested, told not to preach the gospel, and released, after all that, then along came a man named Barnabas. Now, Scripture tells us he was a Jew, specifically a Levite. He had grown up not in Jerusalem, but in the Greek island of Cyprus. And after the church was first persecuted in Peter and John's arrest, here comes 
Damascus from Cyprus to Jerusalem. And a Jew visiting Jerusalem is not really anything noteworthy. What was noteworthy here was that Barnabas in Cyprus had sold off everything that he had, all of his land. Then he traveled with that money all the way to, from Cyprus to Jerusalem. He came to the church there in Jerusalem and put all that money at the disciples' feet so that the young church may use that money to help their poor in Jerusalem. In Scripture, Barnabas isn't recorded as saying a word when he does this. He doesn't ask for any favors or fame. He just gives all he has to the church. And so the apostles called him Barnabas. Not Joseph, but Barnabas. Because that means son of encouragement. Because of the way he always encouraged the apostles and their work. Barnabas was known to work so closely with the apostles after this. He was so closely associated with them and their works that at one point Scripture even calls him an apostle. But Barnabas' story in Scripture, it doesn't end there. When Paul was converted to the faith on the Damascus Road, he later came to the Jerusalem church. But since Paul had previously been known for persecuting and murdering Christians for going after the church, when Paul came to Jerusalem, no one in the church there wanted anything to do with him. That is, until Barnabas took Paul, brought him to the apostles himself, and vouched for Paul's story that Christ had appeared to him on the way to Damascus, had brought him to the faith. Then the Jewish church in Jerusalem would listen to Paul. Later, when the church began to spread into Antioch, the church in Jerusalem, in its wisdom, sent Barnabas there to assist and encourage them. And who do you think Barnabas decided to bring with him to help in Antioch? It was St. Paul. And later, it would be St. Mark. And as Barnabas and Paul preached in Antioch, that is where the disciples of Christ were first called Christian. Barnabas was part of that group that was first called Christian. Later in Antioch, the Spirit sent word that he wanted the two, two men separated from the rest of the disciples there to do his missionary work. And those two men were Barnabas and Paul. And they would bring Mark with them. Together they'd go on their first missionary journey to preach in many lands to Jews and Gentiles. St. Mark would leave that journey early. But Barnabas was with Paul through the highs and the lows. Those two together, Barnabas and Paul, they saw Jews and Gentiles converted to the faith. They had Gentiles mistake them for the Greek gods Zeus and Hermes. That's how powerful their ministry was. But they told the people to repent of that and look to God. Barnabas also witnessed Paul get stoned and left for dead. And he was there with Paul when the church brought him in and saw Paul back to health. After this journey, Barnabas would, make, would sin in some ways. He was deceived by Judaizers at one point. But there was Paul helping him, correcting him, bringing him back to the true faith. The brotherhood between the two in the faith was deep. Yet their relationship wasn't perfect. When they were getting ready for their second missionary journey, they had a heated argument, Paul and Barnabas. 
St. Mark wanted to join them again on this second missionary journey, but Paul would absolutely have nothing to do with Mark since he left them on that first journey, while Barnabas would not go without Mark in any way. Partly because Barnabas, out of mercy and forgiveness and pity, wanted Mark with them. He forgave them. He wanted Mark to come along. But also, Barnabas probably did this because Mark was his cousin. So Paul and Barnabas, they were so divided on this issue about St. Mark that they went their separate ways on their own missionary journeys. So remember that when you get discouraged about disagreements or arguments in the church, notice even the great apostles argued among themselves. But through it all, you might remember St. Mark. He's the one who wrote the second gospel in our scriptures. Whether or not he would have written that gospel without Barnabas forgiving him, who knows. But yet, behind Mark's gospel, at least partly, there's St. Barnabas. Now what happens to Barnabas after all of this, the scriptures really don't say. We, some argue that he wrote the book of Hebrews, that he was behind that in some way. Other tradition holds that he would spend much of his time preaching the gospel in his homeland of Cyprus with St. Mark, and that his preaching there was very successful, so much so that the unbelieving Jews eventually plotted against him. They sent a mob after him. They had him tortured and then killed and stoned. He was martyred for the faith. And so the tradition holds that St. Mark witnessed all of this, then buried Barnabas and went and joined St. Joined Paul. So if this tradition is true, Barnabas would have been martyred for the faith a few years before St. Paul was. And so as we hear all this, all in all, the story and life of Barnabas is an amazing one. And yet, Barnabas can so often be forgotten by even, by even the best-read Christians. And why is that? Well, part of that answer is in the collect, that prayer we prayed earlier today, where we said, God's faithful servant Barnabas sought not his own renown, but gave generously of his life and substance, of his possessions, for the encouragement, there's his name again, for the encouragement of the apostles and their ministry. So we need to ask ourselves, if Barnabas gave up all of his possessions for the church, if he devoted all his life to working with the apostles, if he gave his life for preaching in the church, if he didn't do all this for his own renown, his own fame, his own riches, then why did he do it all? If he's not even remembered all that well, why did he do it all? And the answer comes in our gospel reading this morning. Hear again what Christ says. Behold, I send you out as sheep in the midst of wolves. Therefore be wise as serpents and harmless as doves. But beware of men, for they will deliver you up to the councils and scourge you in their synagogues. You will be brought before governors and kings for my sake, as a testimony to them and to the Gentiles. But when they deliver you up, do not worry about how or what you should speak, for it will be given to you in that hour what you should speak. For it is not you who speaks, but the Spirit of your Father who speaks in you. Now brother will deliver up brother to death, and a father his child, 
and children will rise up against parents and cause them to be put to death. And you will be hated by all for my name's sake. But he who endures to the end will be saved. Here is why Barnabas gave his life for the church. It's because he himself had heard the preaching of Christ crucified. Maybe Barnabas first heard the gospel preached from Christ himself, or maybe he first heard it preached from Peter at Pentecost. Either way, he heard that Christ died on the cross for his sins. He heard how he had been redeemed by Christ's death, was forgiven, was justified by Christ's resurrection. Barnabas heard the, pre heard the preaching of the Old Testament and how it had been fulfilled by Christ. The Old Testament he heard as a Jew growing up was fulfilled by Christ. He heard about all of that, how he was forgiven, how heaven now stood open to him in Christ. Yes, Barnabas' life was amazing when you hear the story, but even more amazing was the faith he received from the Spirit in that preaching, which is the same gospel which is preached to you every Sunday which is the same faith that the Spirit has given to you in baptism. That is why the church holds the feast of St. Barnabas. Not so that he may be held up as an example to us by his words and actions, but that he may be held up as an example to us as one having heard the same gospel and received the same faith that he heard and received. The church doesn't celebrate Barnabas today so you can go blindly repeat his works. What the church is not proclaiming today is that if you repeat the works and life of St. Barnabas, that you will earn the forgiveness he had and reach the same holiness he had. If I were to preach to you today that you can earn the holiness of St. Barnabas by copying his actions, it'd be better not to recognize this day at all or any saintly feast day. But instead, what the church is holding up today as an example to you, is the faith of this dear saint. As Barnabas was a sheep thrown to the wolves, as he was delivered up by the councils and scourged in synagogues, as he was brought before governors and kings, as he had no idea what to say before being delivered up, as his own Jewish brothers in Cyprus tortured and stoned him, as he endured to the end, in whom did he trust? To whom did his faith cling? We know the answer. He clung to Christ crucified through it all. Faith in Christ crucified is why he gave all his possessions to the church. Faith in Christ crucified is why he devoted his life to proclaiming the gospel. Faith in Christ crucified is why he was martyred. Today we hold up as, as an example to all in the church the faith of Barnabas. And in holding up Barnabas' faith, what we are doing is holding up before everyone's eyes the one to whom St. Barnabas always pointed. Christ crucified and risen for your sins. Because it was Christ crucified which brought Barnabas into the faith and into the church. It was Christ alone who made Barnabas righteous and holy. It was Christ alone who was Barnabas' strength to endure to the end.
behind Barnabas was Christ. Today, St. Barnabas' faith is given to us as an example to follow. As we live in the faith in which Barnabas lived, once we see that it's his faith that's an example, then his actions as one redeemed by Christ, as one earning his redemption, but one who has already been redeemed by Christ, once we realize that, then his actions can be examples for us. As we wonder how to live out this faith in this dark and hostile wor- world, here for us is Barnabas' ex- examples of charity, of using all he had to bring others into the faith. Here for us is Barnabas' Barnabas's example of preaching Christ crucified throughout his entire life, even into his dying breath. These are not examples of how we can become righteous and holy. These are examples for us to follow because Christ has made us, like Barnabas, righteous and holy in baptism. Now, does this mean that you need to sell all you have and all your property and give your money to the church? Well, if that's what it meant, this would be a very good stewardship sermon. But that's not what it's saying. Maybe some are called to that, but probably not. But as we look at his example, what it should make us ask is, how can we use all we have? How can we use all of our earthly possessions in charitable ways to help others into the faith? And by your vocations, this will mean different things. For some, it will mean using all you have to raise your children in the church, in the faith. For others, it will mean helping an impoverished neighbor. Yet for others, it means getting to know and befriending the lonely, the depressed, the widows, the fatherless. And maybe it means giving charitably by offering them a place to stay or giving them a meal or have, sitting down to a meal with them. Or maybe it means visiting and getting to know them, using your time charitably, your possessions charitably. In faith, with that attitude and approach of charity, in the love of Christ, which St. Barnabas shows us, that is how the preaching of Christ crucified comes to the lost. So this week, as we meditate on the life of St. Barnabas, may we pray that the Lord open up to us opportunities of charity to show others around us, to show his love to them, to share Christ with them. Because today, that is the faith that we celebrate in the example we have been given. And with that, let us now eat and drink here in just a bit at this feast at the altar. And let us feast with St. Barnabas and all the saints of heaven. Amen. Now may the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, keep your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. Amen.
mercy upon us. O Christ, have mercy upon us. O Lord, have mercy upon us. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory, forever and ever. Amen. Almighty God, your faithful servant Barnabas sought not his own renown, but gave generously of his life and substance for the encouragement of the apostles and their ministry. Grant, we beseech you, that we may follow his example in lives given to charity and the proclamation of the gospel. Through Jesus Christ, your Son, our Lord, who lives and reigns with you and the Holy Spirit, ever one God, world without end. Amen. Almighty and most merciful God, the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, we give you thanks for all your goodness and tender mercies, especially for the gift of your dear Son, and for the revelation of your will and grace. And we beseech you so to implant your word in us that, in good and honest hearts, we may keep it and bring forth the fruits of faith by patient continuance and well-doing. Most heartily we beseech you so to rule and govern your church Catholic, with all her pastors and ministers, that we may be preserved in the pure doctrine of your saving word, whereby faith toward you may be strengthened, love and charity increased in us toward all mankind, and your kingdom extended, 
Send forth laborers into your harvest, and sustain those whom you have sent, that the word of reconciliation may be proclaimed to all people, and the gospel preached in all the world. Grant health and prosperity to all who are in authority, especially to Joseph, our President, the Congress of these United States, Kim, our Governor, the Legislature of this State, and to all our judges and magistrates, and endue them with grace to rule after your good pleasure, to the maintenance of righteousness, and to the hindrance and punishment of wickedness, that we may lead a quiet and peaceable life in all godliness and honesty. May it please you also to turn the hearts of our enemies and adversaries, that they may cease their enmity and hostilities, and be inclined to walk with us in meekness and in peace. All who are in trouble, want, sickness, anguish of labor, peril of death, or any other adversity, especially those who are in suffering for your name's sake, comfort, O God, with your Holy Spirit, that they may receive and acknowledge their afflictions as the manifestation of your fatherly will. Especially do we pray for those that we name in our hearts at this time. Although we have deserved your righteous wrath and manifold punishments, yet we entreat you, O most merciful Father, remember not the sins of our youth nor our many transgressions, but out of your unspeakable goodness, grace, and mercy, defend us from all harm and danger of body and soul. Preserve us from false and pernicious doctrine, from war and bloodshed, from plague and pestilence, from all calamity by fire and water, from hail and tempest, from failure of harvest and from famine, from anguish of heart and despair of your mercy, and from an evil death. And in every time of trouble, show yourself a very present help, the Savior of all men, and especially of them that believe. Cause all needed fruits of the earth to prosper, that we may enjoy them in due season. Give success to the Christian training of the young, to all lawful occupations on land, sea, and air, and to all pure arts and useful knowledge, and crown them with your blessing. Receive, O God, our bodies and souls and all our talents, together with the offerings we bring before you. For by his blood your Son has purchased us to be your own, that we may live under him in his kingdom. As we are strangers and pilgrims on earth, Help us by true faith and a godly life to prepare for the world to come, doing the work you have given us to do while it is day, before the night comes when no one can work. And when our last hour shall come, support us by your power and receive us into your everlasting kingdom. O Lord, our Heavenly Father, almighty and everlasting God, who has safely brought us to the beginning of this day, Defend us in the same with thy mighty power, and grant that this day we fall into no sin, neither run into any kind of danger, but that all our doings, being ordered by thy governance, may be righteous in thy sight. Through Jesus Christ, thy Son, our Lord, who liveth and reigneth with thee and the Holy Ghost, ever one God, world without end. Amen. Let my mouth be filled with thy praise, and with thy honor all the day. O Lord, our Heavenly Father, Almighty and everlasting God, who has safely brought us to the beginning of this day, defend us in the same with thy mighty power, and grant that this day 
we fall into no sin, neither run into any kind of danger, but that all our doings, being ordered by thy governance, may be righteous in thy sight. Through the same Jesus Christ, thy Son, our Lord, who liveth and reigneth with thee and the Holy Ghost, ever one God, world without end. Amen. We give thanks unto thee, Heavenly Father, through Jesus Christ, thy dear Son, that thou hast protected us through the night from all danger and harm. And we beseech thee to preserve and keep us this day also from all sin and evil, that in all our thoughts, words, and deeds we may serve and please thee. Into thy hands we commend our bodies and our souls and all that is ours. Let thy holy angel have charge concerning us, that the wicked one have no power over us. Amen. Hear my prayer, O Lord, and let my cry come unto thee. Bless we the Lord. Thanks be to God. The grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, and the love of God, and the communion of the Holy Spirit, be with us all. Amen.